Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 Hawaii. Joined by Armani Buckets and Brennan Deutsch. Armani Buckets, how are you doing my friend? I'm doing well. I just wanted to do a quick little rant, uh, if if I may. Brandon Miller made his summer league debut yesterday. He had six fouls in the first half. I I don't understand for the for the love of God. Why do we overreact so much as a society? Because I understand six fouls first half is terrible, but it's his first summer league game. Some of the you know reactions that I saw were just. A little bit of patience, please. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I, I'm not saying he should have been taking over Scoot Henderson, but at the same time, can we give these kids a chance to actually grow? And I know, obviously, the Lakers summer league team as well had a game, but um, that did not go as planned. Um, <clears throat> but, but yeah, a little bit of patience. Brandon, were you watching the NBA summer league last night? Yeah, I watched all the games. Um, it, Brandon Miller just didn't look good. Again, he's young. Uh, again, I don't think he should have went over Scoot Henderson. I always said that. But he's still going to be a good player. I mean, Shot struggled a little bit yesterday, too. He's still going to be a good player. I think we got to be patient. Um, I was really unimpressed with Hood Shafino on the Lakers. I mean, he was just straight up atrocious, 6 out of 19. I didn't get the pick at 17 anyways. I don't understand why they would just pick, like, a D'Angelo Russell 2.0, someone who plays kind of exactly like him. But again, we got, I think they've earned our trust in them, the scouting department. I just can't fathom why they didn't go Whitmore or a guy that's NBA ready like Hawk has, because it looks like Jalen Ochefino is going to get zero minutes next year if he continues to play like this. Yeah, I mean, by the way, so if, if you're like overreacting to game one of not only not the Vegas Summer League, the Sacramento Summer League, I mean, what the heck are you doing with your life right now? I mean, I mean, of course, I'm watching these games. Brandon Miller, he had 18 points. Obviously, he also had six fouls. But um, listen, let's 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 not get too crazy. Our money buckets. I totally agree with you there. You know, if we're going to start with the league, which we normally do because we love the NBA. Let's get into this because at some point over these next couple of weeks, I think it'll happen. It usually does, right? When, when, when you're in Vegas for Summer League, all the GMs are there. A lot of the star players are there. I'm assuming when the NBA Summer League begins July 7th and they'll be going from the 7th to the 17th, we will find out, hopefully we'll see, where Damian Lillard and James Harden will go. 
Let's start with Damian Lillard. It does seem like the Heat have definitely leaked some of the players that they want, but more importantly, that they don't want. They, they it doesn't sound like, according to Woj, that they want Tyler Hero of the Miami Heat. Damian Lillard clearly does want to go to the Heat. So, you know, if 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 that trade were to happen, you would imagine that Hero would presumably have to be a part of that deal. Um, guys. Brandon, I'll start with you. I mean, where does Damien go? And if, if the Heat are really, uh, sorry, if, if Portland's saying we don't want Hero, how much does that hurt their ability to make that trade? Well, again, I think Damian Lillard has some power in the sense where I think Portland owes it to him to trade him where he wants to go. And two, I think that Lillard will say, look, I'm not going to go play for you guys. There, I think he's really hell-bent on going to Miami, which is why I think they're going to try and get three teams, four teams to be involved in a deal. You know, I don't, obviously I don't want Hero. That's important. Some other team can take Hero, possibly. Maybe they involve Brooklyn, kind of needs a shot creator, offensive player, and can stay under the cap with Tyler Hero by trading, like, I don't know, a Royce O'Neal or something like that. And in another, a few other players, maybe Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, but I think he does get traded to Miami in time. I, unless the 76ers make Maxi available, which is entirely possible, um, I, I still don't, I still think he goes to Miami. It's where he said he wanted to go. He said it during the playoffs, like, oh, I think Miami is a, is a team I'd want to go to if they don't win the championship. Because obviously if they won the championship, then he, he wouldn't want to be seen as like a, bandwagoner on a title team but again I, I think it we all these things take time the Kyrie Irving Lakers situation last year took forever and never happened you know I'm not saying this isn't going to happen because it's different he requested a trade the KD thing happened almost immediately so I just think that at, at this point or it didn't happen immediately I mean it, it took about what was it six months to the next trade deadline but I don't think this is a situation with with Damian Lillard, where it's going to end up going into the season, but it could last the training camp. We don't know. Well, that would be, yeah, that's not ideal. I mean, obviously, I mean, if, if this stretches into camp, stretches into the preseason, and we begin the season, and we don't know where um, they're going to go, that would be a problem. Armani buckets. Listen, I mean, they'd be, here's the important thing that you guys have to realize. You know, when Shams and Woj tweet out certain things, like the Heat don't want this player. That's them basically publicly saying, negotiating publicly. So the Miami Heat's kind of begun that process. Uh, Portland's begun the, that process. Um, how do you think this plays out? It's, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Tyler Hero is not that attractive of a trade chip. And the thing is, if you're, if you're Damian Lillard and you're really hell-bent on getting to Miami... I just don't see a feasible way that that happens unless it's some crazy, wacky three or four team trade, as I think Shams was mentioning yesterday. And the question is, does Dame open up and say, you know what, maybe I will expand my teams to a couple more. The team I have my eyes on, I don't know how realistic this is, and we've heard some rumors about it, but San Antonio could put together a heck of a trade offer. It would be headlined by Keldon Johnson, I would imagine. But they have so many draft picks that they can trade. The Bulls gave them a pick for DeRozan. Let's not forget DeJounte Murray got them, I believe, three first-round picks. They have a plethora of first-round picks. They got one from the Celtics for Derek White. They have so many first-round picks at their disposal. And we know that Wemby needs a pick-and-roll partner. Uh, by the way, last year, Damian Lillard, 
Greg Popovich played a big role in my decision to play in Tokyo Olympics. So, you know, if at some point we have to expand the search and say, Miami, as much as you want to go there, Dame, sorry, they just don't have the pieces that we want back. Who else is going to be in the mix? And, you know, maybe the Spurs want to push ahead the timeline. There's a reason for them to do that, by the way. Popovich is not going to be able to do this probably for much longer. He's in his early 70s. So maybe you push ahead the timeline. You get Wemby a real, real star to go along with him. What do you guys think? Brandon's shaking his head. No, he's not going to the Spurs. Uh, I mean, he wants to, he wants to win. Uh, you're basically going to a team that's going to be worse than the team you're on now. Like, I mean, yeah. you think when Benyama is going to affect this team immediately and they're going to be in the playoffs? Like, absolutely not. It's going to take at least two years for them to get in the plan. Um, probably next year, not this year, not this upcoming year, but in two years, I can see them getting into the plan because they just don't have a good team. <laughs> you know, I hate to say it. It's a bunch of young guys and like you would put Damian Lillard on there. Yeah, of course, you'd probably make the plan with him because he's so good. And you have one Benyama who's going to be an immediate impact. But I think at this point in his career, that's all just... That's just talk. He's not going to go to the Spurs. His admiration for Pop, I mean, who doesn't have admiration for Greg Popovich, right? Like, I think that's just more out of respect at this point. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though. I know Portland wants to do right by Dame, and I think that they will. But you also have to think about your own franchise. And I don't think they're going to gift wrap, you know, one of the best players in the league just because they want to do right by him. I mean, I think... If they looked at it, you know, what package of picks and young players will help us in the future? By the way, it's amazing to me, you know, how these guys negotiate their contracts where a guy like a Bradley Beal has a no trade clause and effectively gets to decide where he gets to go. Dame doesn't have that, right? I mean, could Portland effectively trade him where they want? The issue with that is that uh, Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp are watching how they handle Dame, yeah. and you're potentially damaging those relationships in the future when they reach a point where they may feel uncomfortable, they may feel unsettled. That's the only issue with it. Yes, they could technically do that. We know Portland is not going to be an attractive free agent destination, but they do have these young guys that you want to kind of say, hey, look at how we treat our guys. Look at how yeah. well we'll treat you in the future. Um, but at a certain point, if Miami doesn't have the assets to make this a, an enticing trade package, I do think that you have to at least have that conversation with Dame. They probably already have, to be honest, and say, hey, we do want to make you happy, but is there anywhere else? And I'm not talking about Brooklyn either. I'm talking about maybe expanding the search, casting a wider net and seeing, hey, Dame, is there anywhere else that we can send you? Yeah, I just don't know where that haul is going to come from. And that's why I'm saying the third or fourth team. Like, do you bring in a, a team with a lot of good pieces um, like a, I don't even know, like the, the Thunder, the, the uh, we can go down the list, the Rockets with the young pieces that can come and help Portland. Like, who do you involve? That's like my thought on it. Because you can involve the 76ers and get Maxi maybe as your best bet. But who would the 76ers be getting in a three-team deal with Miami? Tyler Hero? They're not going to want to downgrade from Maxi to Tyler Hero. So, like, it, it's a complicated situation because I'm sure Portland – straight up would trade Damian Lillard, um, you know, and obviously makes more than Maxi. They'd have to take on someone else, but for Maxi and somebody else, am I wrong? I'm sure that would be like their, their key. Like they want him, they would prefer him a hundred times over than hero. 
I agree with that for sure. Do you agree with that, Arash? Maxi yeah, over hero? I totally agree with that. And I, I think it's really telling, as I said, that Woj is basically coming out, not basically, he came out publicly and said that Portland does not want Tyler Hero. They, they don't even want to go down the pathway that their fans are, are saying, how could you make this trade? That's not a deal that they would want to do. It would be interesting, you know, because James Harden and Ty, uh, sorry, James Harden and Damian Lillard are the two big, uh, you know, superstars out there that, that are being talked about being moved, you know, and, and you know, what if they got traded for each other? Um, huh. You know, I don't, I don't know if that would, would happen. I mean, listen, if you're, if you're Dame, and I know it would not be a one for one deal, but I mean, if you're Dame, I mean, how much better does he make the Sixers? Like are the Sixers at that point, each championship team? If you keep Maxi, I think you have a real legitimate case. Yeah, and I think also you could do the Clippers trade in a three-team deal if it doesn't involve Miami, right? Because you could send Maxi to Portland, Harden to the Clippers, Simons and Damian Lillard to the um, 76ers, and then you would get like a Maxi replacement in Simons. Obviously, that, he's not to the same level, but he provides some offense. And there would be picks involved, of course. The Clippers would have to give... Um, you know, Brandon Boston Jr., Marcus Morris, Norm Powell, ton of picks for that to even make sense and be feasible. But I think that's a possibility. I think Miami is the is the is the hard part about this deal, right? And that's the one place he wants to go because I think if they involve Philly, it'd be a great it, and, and even the Clippers if they want to get off of both Harden and Maxi and get talent in return, like a Lillard and a possible like Anthony Simons. That's super easy and feasible. It's Miami, right? Like. You get Jaquez, Jovic, and picks plus Tyler Hero shipped to, I don't know, China somewhere. You know, and they obviously don't want him. Like, where do you ship him? You know, they they got to figure out exactly what they uh, what team can make that happen for them. By the way, speaking of overreacting to the summer league, and and I'm not doing that, but I'm, I'm just saying, um, Jaime Jaquez uh, Jr. looked very good. Wet number eighteen. Obviously, we know that the Lakers have picked number 16, picked uh, Jalen hood Shafino. Brandon wasn't high on the pick, but I, I don't necessarily think uh, you had them uh, that, that you had them in, in the, on the market for taking Jaime Jaquez Jr. Well, what did you think of his first game? And, of, listen, of course, it's Los Angeles with a lot of UCLA fans out there, a lot of fans out there saying, oh, the Lakers, you could have had him at 17 again, just one game. What did you think of his first game? Well, I think first um, you know, Hood Shafino has a ton of upside. Like I don't, I don't, I, I didn't ha hate the pick. I had him as like my 26 or 27th ranked player. So when you take a guy that low at 17 and a lot of people had him 10th, I just wasn't high on his tape at Indiana, but I trust the Lakers scouting department. At the same time, you're competing for a championship. And I said to Grant Mona before the draft, I said, I would not mind at this point, Jaime Jaquez Jr. at 17 because he brings toughness. He brings versatility. Obviously he doesn't have upside really. I mean, he, He's a guy that's a plug and play NBA role championship role player for like 10 years this is his ceiling, in my opinion, which I think is needed for a team like the Lakers. And he would stay in town, but Miami got him. And obviously we don't overreact, but even if Hochefino scored 40 points and Hawkes had five, I would still prefer Hawkes over 
put Shafino for this season. Now, I, I know Rob Palenka is thinking long term, and I don't want to knock a scouting department that's been almost flawless recently. I just felt like there were better players available. Like if you had Whitmore on the court with Maxwell Lewis yesterday, Max Christie, Max Christie looks looked excellent. By the way, the leap is coming. I think like that was he was just he took over the game when he wanted to as a primary option, which we hadn't seen before. His mid range, his three point shooting, that center they got was pretty good. There were a lot of positives too on the Lakers. I just just couldn't help but I know he's 19 but I couldn't help but saying like this guy Hodge they got on a two-way is already five times better than Hood Shafino and he played like ten, five minutes you know like Swider is better than Hood Shafino like there was so much value with that 17th overall pick I just didn't get I felt like they could have and look maybe this maybe he becomes a superstar eventually and I hope he does and I hope I'm wrong I just couldn't help but think like the Lakers could have gotten something more impactful in the present and in the future than Hood Shafino at that pick. Armani Bacchus, do you agree with that? I I love Haquez and how he plays the game, but, you know, he is 22 years old. <laughs> Those guys typically come into the summer league more ready to showcase their full arsenal of skills. Um, I I think it's, you know, again, way too early to to see what Hood Shafino is, but I agree with Brandon um, in the fact that it's if it is going to happen, it's definitely going to take some time. And I think we all thought that when the pick was made whether or not he actually develops I agree with Brandon again I think that you have to put the faith in the Lakers and how they've shown a track record for these players you know um, the one argument you could make for Hawkes I guess is that Austin Reeves was also an older player that they took uh, undrafted and then you know now we see what Austin Reeves has become so there is an argument to be made that Age should maybe not have been so much of a factor in the choice, but yeah, I, I, I trust the Lakers. And last year, if you told me that, I, I would not have said that. I would not have said I trusted the Lakers, but I do, and I think that they will make the best selection for their franchise. I, by the way, I wanted to add something, too. My friend Tony, who's a Lakers fan, texted me in our basketball chat. We have texted me the full like Lakers roster with all the pictures, even without Hood Shafino and Maxwell Lewis in it. Um, and I think both of those guys, or at least Maxwell Lewis, make, is going to have a huge impact on this team next year. I think he's NBA ready, and they need him to play some minutes. Um, but I was looking at the depth, and he's like, I don't know about this, Brandon, but this, this kind of looks like we're going to win a chip next year, brother. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, like, this is the deepest Lakers team I've seen in my lifetime as a Lakers fan, like by far. Um, the only issue is LeBron's 39, right? How, who, which LeBron are we getting? That's yeah. going to be important. And which Davis are we getting? Because the rest of the team is going to show up. And I think we that, all know that. That is my single biggest concern. Yeah. LeBron will not need to do nearly as much as maybe his ego thinks that he will. Is he all right? Some nights, maybe in the playoffs, if he ends up being the fourth or fifth best player on the team, because this team, you know, in its best form is probably Austin Reeves, Anthony Davis, Rui Hachimura, and obviously LeBron. And, you know, what if Cam Reddish develops into something? What if, you know, Torian Prince has it going one night? That might be a little bit egregious to say, but is LeBron okay with being kind of an accessory piece on some nights rather than the headliner? If he's not, I think that's that's where this team will run into problems. If LeBron still wants to be, you know, thirty-five-year-old LeBron, this is a different stage in his career. And if and if he doesn't accept that, I think the Lakers are going to run into some speed bumps. 
real quick before we go to break, and I totally agree with you guys. I thought it was hilarious, you know, and I've known Tim Bontemps for years, but, you know, he was on First Take or one of these shows saying that the Lakers did not, what did he say? He said the Lakers did not improve or did not improve that much or something. It's like they improved. Now, if you want to debate how much they improved, that's, that's, that's fine. But they clearly did improve. The, 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 the depth improved. And beyond that, having these guys play a full season. I mean, they, the, the fact that they gelled so quickly together was incredible. But the fact of the matter is they, 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 they put them together at the trade deadline. Brandon, real quick. I mean, I, I think, I think people, when they look at the Lakers, they, they want the home run hit. Sometimes the home run, you don't want it, man. Get the, get, get, get the triple, get the, get the double. I mean, they, they did exactly what they had to do. And I feel like Tim Bontemps is, is in love with stardom and looking at the big moves. You know, whenever he's brought on, he's always talking about the big moves. Where's Kyrie going? Where's Harden going? But I'll say something really quick. He's like, oh, they're acting like the Lakers are the second coming of Jesus with all their moves. And like, I think what fails to be mentioned, and I know we don't have much time here, is how a championship caliber team can get incrementally better. And that's effect on the entire NBA. And I think they did exactly that. I think they positioned themselves to compete with Denver. And that is why people are saying they won the offseason. Exactly. I mean, they, they did exactly what they wanted to do. And I think that's the important thing to note. They did not want to get Kyrie. That was not their goal. The goal was to bring back the core. The goal was to improve the other complementary players, which they did. So they, they, they really did exactly what they wanted to do. I loved it. I think you guys did as well. We'll talk about that some more. We'll talk about the Clippers. We'll talk about the Dodgers and the Angels. The Angels are in San Diego. So we'll talk about that when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Normally, we would head out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now, but... We are in the middle of a big show transition, which we'll talk to you guys more about later in the week. We are uh, making this big transition during July 4th week weekend. Uh, but Brandon wanted to bring this up as we head into the All-Star break here. little concerned about the team that you cover. And by the way, I blame this on me, partly on you. When you're not out there, the team does not perform well. So now Mike Trout looks like he's hurt. Uh, how concerned are you about the Halos? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I just got to get me a credential for San Diego, <laughs> That's right. and I'll uh, I'll go there, and we'll, they'll win. No, but I, <laughs> I do think I'm very concerned, and I'm not. If that makes sense, I think everything happens for a reason. I still think the team is deep in the race. They're only three games over 500, but the Yankees are not that good of a baseball team. The Blue Jays are not that good of a baseball team right now. Now, I'm not saying they can't get better. But Houston is their biggest uh, rival for that third wild card because we know Baltimore is going to get in. We know, um, you know, Houston's going to get in and we know the Rays are going to win the division or not Houston, but the Texas is going to win the division. So I guess I guess the Blue Jays are that other team. I'm not still high on the Yankees. I think they're lucky that they're winning any games without Aaron Judge. Otani has been good, but, you know, yesterday signified something like, you know, they they can't just do it all with him. Trout got hurt. Brandon Drury, who I, I think should have been an all-star, got hurt. Zach Neto, their star shortstop, it really started with them, with him. Um, he got injured during that Texas series. They've lost, I think, 10 or 11, 11 out of their last 14, the Angels, because they were 10 games over yeah. almost at one point. They were 41 and 32, so they were nine games over a few weeks back and now they're 45 and 42 so you know they've lost a lot recently i do think they'll win today um depending on when you hear this obviously you'll see the results i think it's a 330 primetime game um on espn or something with shohei against uh i think it's Padres. on team tbs oh, it's on which TBS, is good. TBS. Really glad you know because tbs gets these postseason games and they don't they, for a while they didn't really do anything during the regular season so glad they get a big tbs I like TBS. Yeah, and I like the panel they have. I think Pedro's great. I think they have a lot of guys there that know that know baseball, and you know Curtis Granderson's there too. But I do think they win enough games over the stretch. I think it's. I know it sounds crazy because everyone's hurt. Trout won't play till August. That's likely. I mean, we don't know the results, but I, I just what depending on how bad or how good it is, the results of those X rays. I don't think he'll play till August. Um, but again, he wasn't great to begin with this year. I know he was decent, like it's Mike Trout, but he was having the worst season of his career. I think what they need is they need to be buyers at the deadline. At this point, if you're not going to trade Otani, you got to trade every prospect in their uncle for something. You know, I, I, at this point right now, you got to go all in, even if that means because you're going to get Zach Neto back soon. You just got Anthony Rendon back. You're going to get Brandon Drury back after the All-Star break. Now you just got to hope you can get to 10 games over without Mike Trout by August when he returns. I think that's what's what's happening right now because their bullpen's good. Their starting pitching is not good. They need another starter. Like I mentioned, Dylan sees on the show yesterday. I, I think there's the, the benefit of baseball, Arash, and it's different than 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 basketball, is the Twitter spaces are hilarious. Every Angels Twitter uh. is like, our season's over, blah, blah. <laughs> it is freaking July, man. Like, there is like half a season to we go. Gotta- we got to get one going, the, uh, the post-game, pre-game, whatever. I know, I know, but my, my point here is they that. think it's the end of the world every uh, game. Like, if the Angels lose, I'm like, there's still 80 games left. You know, they could go on a serious run. You don't know. And I think at this point, you got to bank on having Otani and having enough talent, which they do in that locker room, to go on a run. At this you point. are reminding me of Armani buckets during the <laughs> Lakers uh, season where it's like, I think this team can win it all. This team's not making the playoffs. I think that they get a chance. They're not going to make the play in. I mean, I was like, what the heck is going on with this guy? Well, I don't <laughs> think they make the playoffs, but I do, think, <laughs> I do think they have to go all in. They don't have any other options at this point. In my, unless you want to trade Otani, which I don't think they're down to do. By the way, guys, I, I don't know uh, if you've checked out these 
Sporting Tribune homepage, the best looking picture that we've ever had on the homepage. Norm Clark uh, contacted me and he said, I, I got a breaking story. And Norm Clark, a legendary columnist. I said, what, what's happening, Norm? Uh, he said, Brittany Palmer, UFC ring girl, is leaving to do a burlesque show in Las Vegas. I said, Norm, that's a great story. Get a picture of Brittany Palmer and let's put that on the front page of the site. It'll do some good traffic. So Norm Clark, legendary columnist. Uh, with the I like that uh, that tweet you put out. I, I picked the Oakland A's. <laughs> I know you probably did. Or the, I said, or the Las Vegas buckets, A's. I don't know if you saw this. So Brittany Palmer is in talks to do a burlesque show at the Tropicana. It'll be one of the last things that they do before they perhaps will see tear it down to build a stadium. For the Oakland A's, for the poll that we had on the Sporting Tribune was, what are you more excited to see, Brittany, Palmer, Brittany Palmer's burlesque show or the Oakland A's baseball team? <laughs> now, Brandon, of course, very loyal man, has a girlfriend. He's not looking to go to the Brittany Palmer burlesque show. Uh, I think you might be inclined. <laughs> so I actually did not know who... I did not know who this is, but I just looked her up on on Instagram, and I cho- I choose the burlesque show. There we go. That makes and sense. The A's are getting they're taking L's left and right. They're not even in Vegas yet. By the way, guys, this is a story that we haven't talked about, but I think it's one of the more fascinating ones in sports, and it really affects a, a, a team in our market. It's happening in San Diego. We'll see how this plays out, but this is fascinating. I don't know if you guys have followed it. San Diego State. As these conferences are trying to figure out what they want, San Diego State is a uh, is in a unique position because if you're if you're the Pac-12, you would want a team in Southern California. You're about to lose USC. You're about to lose UCLA. This is the last year for those two teams in Southern California. So San Diego State is clearly in talks with the Pac-12. Um, those talks have not materialized, but the timing of this was very unique. San Diego State had until June 30th to withdraw from the Mountain West or pay $34 million. So San Diego State did not. However, they asked for an extension. The Mountain West effectively said, uh, no, we know why you're doing that. If you want to leave, leave, but we're not going to grant you an extension. So they did not grant the extension. The Mountain West said no. And they took that request as a withdrawal. Well, so San Diego State say, well, no, 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 just kidding. We're, we're, we're back. We, uh, we, uh, d- we don't need that. We're, we're, we'll, we'll come back. Effectively, probably the Pac-12 said, hey, listen, we, we are intrigued, but we can't do anything right now. Well, we are in a very awkward position right now because the Mountain West has now essentially kicked them out. San Diego State, as we are sitting here today on July 4th, doesn't have a conference. I think this will get sorted out. I think the Mountain West and them will will work out a financial agreement or whatnot um, so they can stay there for at least another year. But what do you guys think? I mean, I I think clearly we're going in the direction of having maybe four big power conferences. I I don't know, quite frankly, if the Pac-12 will be one of those conferences when this all shakes out. I don't think the Big Ten stops with just USC and UCLA. I think they they, they need some other uh, teams on the West Coast. But guys, your uh, thoughts on San Diego State effectively having this like awkward moment of saying, hey, can we get an extension? Matt West says no. And right now, they don't have a conference. 
That's a funny situation. First thing I'll say is they're just in the final four, right? So like, right, not, exactly. And and the championship game. So it's not like they're a slouch of a school. They're yeah. a good sports school. They they have an attractive market, I think. Um, yep. Despite what's going on on the West Coast, I mean, San Diego is a great sports area, and they're very passionate about their fans there. So I mean, I, look, I, it's this is an interesting situation. It's kind of unprecedented that they don't really have a conference right now. But uh, look, I, I feel like. Everything that's new is new and everything can be subject to change, right? Like at any time, Oregon could go to a new conference at any time. Any of these Pac-12 schools could ditch, you know, and go in 2025 or whatever. At any time, Mountain West schools could enter the Pac-12 like we've been seeing possible partnerships. So I think there's a lot of uncertainty in conferences right now. And I don't think it matters as much as it would like 10 years ago. Yeah, what would Is you there, do? What would you do, Armani Buckets? If you were the commissioner well, of the Mountain West, would you be like, "Man, we don't need you"? Well, uh, let me clarify one thing: Is it still possible for them to join the Pac-12? I don't think so. I think for I, and I, I don't know. I do think that the way this is trending is, <coughs> excuse me, that the Mountain West and them will figure out a financial agreement that makes sense. For both parties. But Brandon is 100% right. This team just came off of a Final Four run where they played in the championship game. I mean, it, it's not like, uh, you know, that that's sort of the power position that San Diego State has. They, they just built a beautiful uh, on-campus football stadium that will be the future home of the, of the Major League Soccer team. It is, they're on the rise. The other thing that a lot of conferences are trying to do is plant a flag in Mexico, basically saying, hey, we're a global uh, school. Um, listen, San Diego State clearly with their proximity to Mexico is perfectly positioned to do that. I think long term, like after this upcoming uh, year, they will be in the Pac-12. Again, I don't know what the Pac-12 even looks like. I don't know even if that's a quote-unquote power conference at that point. Uh, because I do think we will see a lot of schools make the jump, whether it's to the Big uh, 12, Big 10, something like that. But I, I I do think San Diego State finds a way to return to the Mountain West Conference. But someone's going to have to pay here. So someone's going to yeah. for sure have to pay. Yeah, the, it's such a fascinating situation. And, and I apologize for my ignorance, mm. but this is the first that I've actually heard of this situation. No, yeah. Um, it's it, it feels like this deserves a lot more national media attention considering what you guys mentioned. They just made the final four. Um, yeah, what a what a conundrum, huh? Wow. Yeah, so we'll see how this plays out. I think that they're gonna have a meeting, a board meeting. Uh this'll get sorted out obviously before the football season, which is why I think they remain in the Mountain West. The schedules have already been set. Um Again, this will come down to, you know, the school having to pay something, a penalty, something along those lines. I think it'll get sorted out, but just an odd, odd situation. And by the way, speaking of timing, the Pac-12 doesn't have a media deal. I mean, I think that's part of it. The the Pac-12 right now, uh, obviously they do for this upcoming season, last with USC and UCLA. But moving forward, I mean, I don't know what their media deal is. Looks like. Um, speaking of looking into the future, looking at our crystal ball, 
if we agree <clears throat> that the Lakers improved and we agree that the Denver Nuggets took a little bit of a step back uh, with the loss of Bruce Brown and the loss of Jeff Green, yes, the Denver Nuggets did sweep the Lakers. However, if if the Nuggets took a, a step back and the Lakers took a step forward, Brandon, I'll start with you. How close is the gap? How close is the gap? Are the Lakers the closest are they the biggest threat to Denver? And do you think that they've closed the, the gap enough where if they meet each other again in the playoffs, you are going with the Lakers? Yes and yes. Um, I still think Denver's slightly better because they have the best player in the world. Um, and the Lakers have too many inconsistent players. Like Davis some nights looks like a top five player. Other nights looks like he's a role player. You know, I hate to say it. On the offensive end of the floor, he's always going to play excellent defense. If Rui continues to take that jump and Reeves takes that jump that we think they're going to take, if Max Christie can take a jump, if Cam Reddish it can be figured out by Phil Handy, there's a lot of ifs. And a lot of them went right for them to go to the Western Conference Finals last year. Let's say that. So, you know, I'm not saying they're going to get lucky again, but you need luck to get to that position. I think they have enough depth where they can sustain some injuries um, throughout the year. And I think they're going to be a 50 plus win team. And that's going to be put them in a better situation entering the playoffs than they were before, because that was a lot of pressure to really. I mean, it would have been unprecedented if they won the NBA championship to come in as a, a playing team to, you know, all the injuries they sustained, all the uncertainty, not ha only having that team for about three months before the postseason or two months before the postseason a ridiculous accomplishment to even get to the West finals. Let's say that Denver had been playing together for years, minus obviously Bruce Brown, KCP and a few others that had joined the team. But the loss of Bruce Brown is huge for the Nuggets. I think Christian Brown is good and he's going to have to take a big leap, but that's an if on their side because he needs to take that Bruce Brown role. They gave Reggie Jackson $5 million a year. He must have compromising pictures of somebody. I don't know how he got $5 million. I hate to say it. I mean, a great guy, really nice guy, but he can't play basketball at the NBA level anymore. And he barely got minutes in the playoffs. They gave him $5 million a year and DeAndre Jordan's their backup center. So I feel like... Their depth is compromised. Uh, they're going to need a lot of Peyton Watson and Christian Brown to improve this next year. And I'm not saying it's impossible because they do have the best player in the world. And if Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are healthy, they're a tough out regardless. But at the same time, I think the Lakers have enough depth to beat them, especially if Rui and Reeves can take that leap. We expect them to. Um, Armani yeah. Buckets, come on, give it. Hey! This wasn't just a magical run or like, you know, Nick Hamilton and I and I and I wanted to go harder on Nick, but I, I, I listen, he's a guest. But I mean he made it sound like the Lakers had this like simple path where they played the number two seed Memphis Grizzlies, the defending champion Warriors, and they went up against the best team in the league. I thought the Lakers were the second best team in the league in the postseason. You know, if they had gone up against the Heat, I would have liked their chances there. It's a new season, however. Are the Lakers the biggest threat to dethrone the Denver Nuggets? You know, Nick Hamilton and I, typically we see eye to eye when it comes <laughs> oh, to the geez. Lakers. But I do disagree with, with <clears throat> Nick here, and I do agree with you. I think that they were the second best team in the league last season, and they just ran into an amazing, amazing Denver Nuggets team. With that being said, I do think the Lakers are the biggest threat to Denver, but I still have a lot of faith in Giannis and Milwaukee. And I think that because of Giannis's dominance, I think they are the overall biggest threat to win the title. 
um, if it's not Denver. Um, but in the West, I really like the Lakers, and I think you nailed it, Brandon. It is a big difference, and I like Christian Brown. I think we all do, but it's a big difference being a seventh or eighth guy compared to now you are the sixth man, and you have no. to do, as you said, all the things that Bruce Brown was doing. And we talk about the Lakers' internal development. The Nuggets, you just nailed it. They're going to need to develop internally on the fly. Um, the good thing for them is they have no pressure. You know, th- that's a yeah. season-long adventure to to get those guys ready because even if they finish, let's say, fourth or fifth, which they might, who knows, they have no pressure to prove anything anymore. Nobody's going to doubt them heading into the playoffs if they yeah. coast their way there. Whereas the Lakers and the advantage the Lakers could have is that depth. They could win a lot of regular season games because, you know, LeBron can take a night off and then other guys can step in. I do think Davis will be kind of necessary on a nightly basis, which is a little bit scary. And we didn't even mention Phoenix yet. I mean, Phoenix. That's true. They're the third team right now, I feel like. And that's because of their free agent moves. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I'm trying to think who else can kind of sneak in there and surprise because it feels like every Armand, year. What are you? So listen, you were the one. And I, but listen, I agree with this. This is where we agreed last year where like I'm not betting against the Warriors, right? I'm not betting against the defending champions last year. As long as they have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, give me that team. Now they add Chris Paul. I, I still don't think that's going to work, by the way, on, on both fronts. I don't think that's going to work on the court. I don't think that's going to work in the locker room. That being said, the heart of a champion, three all-time greats, now four. Uh, we're, no one's talking about the Warriors. Are, are you, Can they be in that mix? They had the biggest need was defense and size and physicality, and they went and got – a miniature ringless point guard. I'm sorry. I'm with Brandon. I don't think the Warriors did enough. I do believe in Steph, Clay, Draymond, and I will always, and that will be my my downfall. But the rest of the guys, I just don't believe in it. And I'm looking at other teams. Zion, I know this sounds crazy. They have a lot to prove. And if he's healthy and Brandon Ingram, by the way, we have never really seen a a duo like that together. I mean, not a duo like that, but them healthy together simultaneously. And then you factor in Oklahoma city. If Chet is ready from yeah. day one, that's a scary team. And the one team that I will say that I, I feel like always gets underrated is Minnesota. They played the Lakers so well in the plane. Don't forget McDaniels broke his hand the day before the playoff started. Nas Reed gets hurt. They have an incredible potential defense. McDaniels, Edwards and Gobert could be the best defense in the NBA. And because of that, we we know, Brandon, I know you're shaking your head, but we know that you love defense. I love defense. So we'll see. But those Memphis are my three. Minnesota. Memphis is the Memphis is still going to have a great defense. And Jaws only missing 20 games. They're going to be a really good team. <laughs> For I now, think- Jaws missing 20 games. So what if he, you know, <laughs> pulls out another gun, know. another pistol yeah. at the club? Yeah, we never know at this point with Ja. I guess you could say the same about Zion. If he pulls out another unlicensed pistol at the club, he's going to be in the state correctional facility. So, <laughs> so hopefully he doesn't do that. Um, I really a, like Memphis, though. I yeah. think they're ungraded at this point. What yeah. a way to wrap it up. Incredible, guys. Listen, let, let, let's not have a guess in segment here. Let's, let's just riff. That's a lot. This was a lot of fun. Again, big, big announcement for the show coming up this week. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then... 
This is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.